contemplation of mind, uh, don't ask me where the mind is. Uh, you can see in uh, uh, various places when you come to that area we can discuss that in some details. The mind is somewhere in this five other five aggregates somewhere. <laughs> and Buddha never pointed out where the mind is in his but in later Buddhism various teachers have come up with various theories as to where the mind is. Uh, so that may not be in our domain in today's discussion, but we simply try to understand what uh, Buddha says here in this discourse. Uh, here uh, Bhikkhu understands a mind with lust as mind with lust. A mind without lust as mind without lust. Mind with hatred as with mind with hatred. Mind without hatred as mind with without hatred. Mind with delusion as a mind with delusion. A mind without delusion as a mind without delusion. Contracted mind as contracted mind. Distracted mind as distracted mind. Exalted mind as exalted mind. Unexalted mind as unexalted mind, surpassable mind as surpassable mind, unsurpassable mind as unsurpassable mind, concentrated mind as concentrated mind, and unconcentrated mind as concentrated mind, liberated mind as liberated mind, unliberated mind as unliberated mind. Now we put this order a little uh, differently. We see first mind without lust. <laughs> there are times mind without lust. Uh, so we become aware of the fact that this moment, this time, at this place, while I am here doing this and that, mind does not have lust in it. For instance, uh, we do Buddha puja, puja in the morning. There is no time for lust. Mind is totally engaged in our activity. Uh, we are walking. Uh, either talking with somebody or alone. Uh, we don't have lust at that time. So we first must understand the mind without lust. Only when lust arises, we, re we recognize, ah, now lust arose. I think we, we, I like to put the order a little different like this. <coughs> the mind without lust as mind without lust, and when, mind, when lust arises in the mind, we know, ah, this is lust. We recognize it as lust. Similarly, <coughs> hatred. Hatred is not always with us. 
it comes and goes. There are moments that we don't have hatred. We are say, reading a very, very good, peaceful book, book with uh, a lot of joy, a lot of jokes, a lot of relaxing information. We read that. During that time, no hatred, no hatred. But come across a passage about something that we don't like. Ah, hatred arises. Then we know immediately hatred was not there, now it arose. Similarly, mind is very clear and uh, going things very smoothly, all of a sudden confusion arises. Then we become aware of the confusion the mind with confusion or delusion. <coughs> contracted mind has contract, distracted mind has distracted mind. What is contracted mind? Sloth and torpor. Eh? Sloth and torpor. Tense. No. Depressed mind. Depressed mind. Sankirtan. Sankirtan means uh, shrunken shrunken mind. Mind sink, you say sometimes, our my, my mind sank. That means you go through the very uh, depressed moment. And then distracted mind. That also is not very wholesome. Contracted mind also is not wholesome. Uh, you are focusing mind on something and suddenly something happens and you are distracted. Then you know mind is distracted. Exalted mind as exalted, unexalted mind as unexalted. <coughs> uh, exalted actually is sama, uh, uh, mahagata or amahagata. Mahagata is uh, attaining uh, jhanic stages. They are higher level of attainment. <coughs> Mahagata Chitta means uh, the, the moment or the stage of mind where the jhanic stages arise. Then surpassable mind as surpassable, unsurpassable mind and unsurpassable mind. Now, uh, surpassable mind, that is uh, anuttara and uh, sa uttara. Anuttara uh, is uh, uh, Enlightened, such as uh, uh, stream entry, one sweeten, uh, and so forth. These are anuttara. Anuttara purushadama sarthi sattha de manusanam. We recite in as the qualities of the Buddha. That is unsurpassable. That is, uh, there is no comparable uh, to the state of mind of the Buddha. And unsurpassable means that 
mind that has not attained that state. And then last two, uh, three, uh, four sections are concentrated mind as concentrated, unconcentrated mind as concentrated. Here concentrated mind can be either jhanic attainment or ordinary, regular state of concentration. Even in jhanic concentrated mind, jhanic state, we are fully aware of the concentrated mind. Now remember, jhanic attainment does not mean that we are like vegetable. We are fully aware of what is going on and focused only on our subject. All the uh, concentrated concentration has been uh, defined as kusala chitta sekagata samadhi. Kusala chitta sekagata samadhi means Consolidation of all wholesome mental states is called concentration. Not only one single mental state, according to Anupada Sutta, there are sixteen mental states when we gain concentration in the first jhana. When you go to the second jhana, fourteen mental states and so forth, even up to the attainment of neither perception nor non-perception, there are mental states. When the Sariputta define it, when Sariputta attained those stages, Buddha watched his mind and see how many mental states he has now, how many mental states he has already overcome, and so forth, until the attainment of full enlightenment, Buddha watched when the Sariputta's stages of attainment. And each stage, he says, in this stage, he has this, 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 this qualities. So, that means, until the last attainment, the meditator is fully aware, because mindfulness continues through all the attainment. Without mindfulness, your concentration is not right concentration. Right concentration also always has mindfulness as an invariable factor. So the person who is in higher attainments has mindfulness. And uh, even jhanic uh, uh, meditation practice, you see uh, sati-sampajanya, these two factors, must be present in even in the jhanic attainment. So, uh, so the person who is fully concentrated is fully aware that the mind is concentrated. Unconcentrated is mind, very common. That is the complaint we hear all the time. I cannot concentrate, I cannot concentrate. Very common. Mean needless to say anything about it. And liberated mind has liberated, unliberated mind has unliberated. What is liberation? Liberation from greed, hatred, and delusion. Liberation from all fetters, ten fetters. Mind is liberated from all of them. Even if you are in the anagami stage, mind is not totally liberated. Why? There are more 
those uh, five uh, higher factors, Uddham, Bhagya, Sangyojana, five higher factors. Rupa, Radha, Rupa, Nadha, Manu, And therefore, even Anagami cannot say mind is totally liberated, only Arahant can say mind is liberated. However, however, even an ordinary person who has not attained any of these stages uh, experience momentarily liberated mind, liberated from temporarily greed, liberated temporarily from hatred, liberated temporarily from confusion. That is a very temporary attainment. The full liberated mind is Arahantu. Beyond that, before that, so now, how do we know the mind? We don't know the mind. We know the mind only when there are certain factors. Like when the lust arises, lust cannot arise without consciousness. Lust is one mental factor. This mental factor does not arise without consciousness, without the mind. So we know the mind is full of lust. Mind can be without lust, but mind without lust we don't know. It is some other. There has to be some mental (coughs) content, some mental content to know that there is a mind. And therefore, through these qualities, we know the mental, the mind, together with the mental states. Without any mental states, any mental factors, we don't know that the mind exists. For instance, when there is lust, we know that the mind is full of lust. When there is no lust, something else is there. Although lust is not there, because of the presence of that factor, we know the mind is there. It can be hatred. When the hatred is not there, there can be metta or compassion. Something like that is there in the mind for us to know that the mind exists. Uh, now, during the time, <coughs> there always, there always are two factors going on. Always, in the practice of mindfulness, one is our awareness; other is the object that we are aware of. When the lust is there. Lustful mind is the object of our awareness. When the lust is not there, something else is there, that mental state is our object of awareness. So, mind has three three, uh, uh, distinct uh, factors 
बुद्ध मेंशन इट इन संयुक्त निकाय अंगुत्र निकाय चित्त मनो विज्ञान चित्त इज टू थिंक चित्त इट इज कॉल्ड चित्त बिकॉज द पाली वर्ड चित्त इज यूज फॉर फ्यूचर एज वेल एज माइंड इन संस्कृत चित्र फाली चित्त मीन्स फ्यूचर वेन यू लुक एट द फ्यूचर यू विल अंडरस्टैंड हाउ मच हाउ मेनी डॉट्स हाउ मेनी कलर्स हाउ मेनी स्ट्रोक्स आर पुट इन टू मेक द मेकिंग द पिक्चर so so many things combine together to make a picture buddha was not talking about uh, film you know photographs those days picture means the one that you draw draw and buddha said the mind is this picture that is that you can see is created by the mind it is called therefore varieties of the the uh, the faculty of varieties of the mind is called chitta that means it can bring many 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 countless things unimaginable things put the gave a simile just look at the animal look at the animal kingdom so many animals are there they are so many different kinds i mean countless animals of different kinds buddha said mind is chitta is even more variable than the amount of animals in the world, in i mean animal kingdom that ability taken separately is called chitta chit to think is there any limit to our thinking no no limit uh you know creation not limit to creation chit and that creation is done by mind that's called mano man thinking the first is variety second is thinking for thinking there is no limit and then vijnana is knowing knowing what we think what we create the mind knows and therefore it doesn't matter which of them we use for instance manopubhanga madhamma the word mind is used mano is used chitten niyati loko in sanghita nidha chitten niyati loko the world is carried by the chitta the mind then rupa sanya sadha sanya gandha sanya so forth sanya perception uh, then chakku vijnana sotha vijnana gana vijnana vijnana so the word 
विज्ञान चित्त एंड मनो आई यूज सिनोनिमसली विदाउट एनी मेकिंग एनी डिस्टिंगशन सो दीज थ्री वर्ड्स बुद्ध सेट इन संगीत निकाय वट यू कॉल चित्त ओ मनो ओ विज्ञान दे ऑल रिफर टू द सेम मेंटल स्टेट सेम नाउ only when certain mental state arises we become aware of that particular mental state and that is why when we meditate we there are no any other objects greed arises we don't say i created greed or somebody put greed greed in my mind no we recognize this is greed this is greed we recognize a phenomenon as a phenomenon this is a greed mental state we don't say i have greed my mind has greed and so forth i my concept completely abolish become mindful of greed This is a greedy mind. Hatred arises. I don't create hatred. Actually, sometimes it simply arises. We don't know. We don't know the reason. It is just there. I mean, no. Oh, this is called greed, hatred. So we use it as a subject or object of meditation to focus our mind. what do we do when we focus our mind we can see exactly what the hatred does to us make us unhappy unpleasant agitated restless and uh, yucky feeling you know no taste no taste for anything anybody to listen to music listen to something very pleasant just uh, we don't know how it happens but we know this is what is called hatred similarly delusion when delusion arises everything is muddled up we don't know how to sort out thing so confused as all other mental factors are like that so we become fully aware of each of them as they arise and become aware of as they pass away and the same formula be mindful uh, contemplating the mind in mind internally once we understood what is happening in our mind then we compare it with others in external other individuals spines also will go through this thing when this mental state arises this is how i feel when that mental state arises in somebody else that person also feels the same way that i feel so in in that respect there's no difference so externally means inferentially first we understand what is happening Uh, to us 
once we understood what is what has happened what is happening to us then we uh, understand this is exactly so therefore see once somebody is uh, angry we don't have to cooperate with his anger or reciprocate with his anger or go along go along with his anger to get angry so and so is angry we don't have to get angry because he is angry <laughs> we understand when anger rises in me this is how how i felt that person is also feeling the same way so i have to stay out of anger in order to understand that person's anger because i have already experienced it i already know what it does to me and therefore i stay out of it and uh, can actually be very relaxed sympathize have compassion for that person for having anger because i experience where i know when anger arises how miserable i felt so this is the reason why why the buddha wanted us to understand externally internally understanding is uh, is uh, uh, extremely important to understand externally then rising phenomenon falling phenomenon and rising and falling phenomenon the rising and falling phenomenon is exactly the same everywhere everywhere rising is here falling is here and in between there is a period and during that period rising and falling taking place very quickly and that is what we have to understand and this knowledge of uh, so all as establishing in in the at the all as the mindfulness that the is mind is simply established in him to the extent and necessary extent necessary for their knowledge and mindfulness this mind exists for me to gain this awareness is a very powerful psychological training powerful psychological training when <coughs> anger arises it generates negative chemistry in the brain and that negative chemistry i don't know the chemical technical terms for that that negative chemistry this is just a thought anger is just a mental state thought it is immaterial this immaterial mental state generates material things the chemistry that arises in the brain is material and that circulate through our blood circulate all over our body and we the most uh, prominent place is what the face face is the mirror buddha said as rahula mirror as rahula 
What does the mirror do? It reflects. So our anger reflects in the in this mirror of our face. Anybody can notice. <laughs> Anybody can notice when you are angry, you don't have to say a word. Anybody looking at your face? No. Yeah, something is wrong with this person. Something is bothering. That person is angry. Because this chemistry changed the appearance. You may know better chemical terms, uh, what kind of hormone is that. Uh, but I don't know what it is, but uh, this is how uh, it happens. So, this is called Manu Sanchetana Ahara. In four kinds of food, Manu Sanchetana Ahara. Kabalinkara Ahara, Pasa Ahara, Mano Sanchetana Ahara, Vinyana Ahara. Kabalinkara Ahara is the material food. Pasa Ahara means contact. Contact also is a kind of food. It is, biologists say, I don't know anything about biologists, but I have read here and there. They say, if you don't touch a baby, after baby is born, if you don't touch, baby will die. Baby needs the touch, mother's touch, father's touch, somebody's touch, to feel secure. Secure. Otherwise baby dies. So that generates the hormone in the baby's brain to build up confidence, trust, secure, safety. And therefore it is a food. There are all kinds of contacts. Uh, there's a subject by itself you can read in Madhyaminika, uh, Sangatinika and so forth. On Ahara, food. Venerable Jnanaponika has written a book on this uh, four nutrients. Uh, then Kabalinkarahara, as you all know, brings in the material food for our survival. All our cells are re- rejuvenates, uh, re- replenish, so to say, they are warning, wearing out uh, cells will be replenished or re- rejuvenated, refreshed by fresh eating food, Kabbalah. Pasahar, like that, contact. Eye contact, ear contact, nose contact, body contact, these all these contacts have when we go to uh, Mahanidana Sutra we will discuss this in detail. Then Manosanchetnahara thoughts thoughts. Uh, generates thoughts of food. They generate uh, as I said, hormone, positive or negative, chemistry, to make our life uh, as a sort of a nourishment. They nourishes our physical as well as mental body. It nourishes our mental states. It's a very powerful psychological factor. Thinking. You know... 
when I go to retreats, people come to come for interviews. I know a woman, now she may be in her late 60s, 65 or 70. I know her when she was in her 20s. These are one of the examples, there are many, many sides. When she was a girl, she was uh, raped by his, by her father as well as grandfather. And this scar stays in her mind even up to this date because she is thinking about it. This memory is so deeply, strongly lodged in her mind. Even now she is in fear, anger, anxiety, you know, hating her father and grandfather. Now she is almost seventy. Cannot get rid of this. It is a mental state that keeps lingering, reproducing this negative hormone in the body. Then vijnanahara. Vijnana means consciousness. Uh, which is it has its own contents. They can there can be lust in it, hatred in it, delusion in it, contraction, distraction, exalted, unexalted, all these states are mental states. And all these mental it is not particular thinking, it is just mental state arising, and these mental states can generate this negative hormone and positive hormone to make the body uh, healthy or unhealthy. That's why in Girimananda Sutta I mentioned this morning, when Venerable Girimananda was sick, Buddha gave this ten perceptions. Perceptions are mental states. So he was trained to perceive the body in a positive way. See, he got cured. When Venerable Sariputta, I mean Moggallana, and uh, the Buddha, uh, Mahakasava, uh, these three Venerable monks, very highly anointed, when they were sick, what was the medicine? Bodhjanga. The Bodhjanga, even when the Buddha was sick, Mahachunda went and uh, went to see the Buddhas uh, to see how he was doing. Uh, Buddha asked Mahachunda to recite Bodhjanga for the Buddha. Bodhjanga was his own uh, teaching and Mahachunda recited. Buddha was contemplating on it. At the end, he recovered from his sickness. What happened? During that time, mind became so aches and pains, all is gone, forgotten. Became very peaceful, calm, relaxed, and positive hormone generated. Sickness disappeared. 
So they have very powerful psychological impact on our body uh, when we train the mind in certain way, a positive way. When we train it negatively, then we have negative results. This is how these four kind of food works in our mind and body. So that is why um, Buddha gave medicine for us to eliminate the root of our problems, not superficial band-aiding, not band-aid. That's why he is called Visakta, Sanlakatta and so forth. So I think this may be enough for, for this afternoon. And now we close for the day. And uh, if you have still more energy, you can have a discussion at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh,